Hey gang, welcome to the newest episode of Multi Multi, and we, of course, are excited to talk to you about the new Youth Ministry Podcast Network. We are a part of this amazing family of podcasts. It is five distinct podcasts with five distinct focuses, all with the same heart to equip, encourage, and empower those who are looking to impact this generation with the gospel. So make sure that you check out Youth Ministry Podcast Network on Instagram and Twitter at Youth Ministry PN. And of course, give a listen to the rest of our friends and family in this network. We're talking about the Fringe Youth Worker Podcast, Controlled Chaos, Youth Ministry United, and Why We Stay. Check it out. Now on to the next episode of Multi Multi. Hey everybody, welcome to Multi Multi, a podcast discussing the multitude of multi-site student ministry. My name is EJ Swanson, and I'm joined by three great friends that I have here. Mr. Joe Crab, Hey! Miss Kim Schuler, Hello all. And Mr. Trevor Callis, without the microphone over there. He's laughing because we normally don't include him in my best friends list, but... Um, <laughs> wow. So what happened? You guys uh, finally you know, turned the corner there in your friendship. Yeah, it's been good, but... Now it's great. Yeah, I know. It's good. It's really good. Wow. Yeah, but there yeah. was a butt in there, so there I'm was. curious. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We're all really excited about, yeah, about your tre- new season, new season of friendship. Man, it's This good. is good, guys. We're Trevor's all really happy for you. Red right now. <laughs> He's like, I can't believe this is happening. You know, the, the greatest thing about our, our podcast is um, that all of us are great friends. And yes. um, in various yes. forms, we hang out together and we dearly love each other. And, you know, that was kind of the, the whole point of getting into this podcast, you know, fleshing out that vision of um, a equipping other churches from what we've learned and learning alongside of them. And we're so thankful we get to do that. This is always a great, a great time when we sit down and, and chat together. And today's going to be a little bit of a new episode. Uh, once a month, our hope is that um, we will look uh, in a forward thinking mm-hmm. mindset, three months out, what you should be thinking about. And we're going to try and do this once a month so that we're always three months ahead. Yep. Some of the things within multi-site that we feel like we're thinking about at this point, but also that um, we've seen other churches thinking about in these seasons too. And as we're recording this, um, you know, we want you guys to be starting to think about what back to school looks like. Those months of August, September, October, maybe even into November. And because of that, um, I'd love to get your take, you guys, on things like um, what your back-to-school kickoffs should look Mm. like, what we're doing for things like leader training, as well as some questions that you should be asking your teams. What really makes a great um, back-to-school season uh, come alive for students and how that that looks? So I'll um, I'll start us off a little bit because, Joe, um, some time ago, you dropped a a comment that I would say Uh is a little bit... Controversial, <laughs> right? I stirred the proverbial pot. Yeah, that is and, true. And you didn't just do it with a spoon. You had a paddle, bro. It was yeah. like the the down home oh, jambalaya. Wow, like good. you yeah. got the whole like thing that. out right there. It was painted. It was primed. It was named. <laughs> it even had holes drilled in it, so it moved a little bit swifter. Wow. And wow. honestly, Joe, I felt it because you guys know my love for back to school stuff. But Joe, yeah. um, just 
just dive into that for a second. And Kim, I want to hear your perspective on this too, because the statement you made, Joe, was along the lines of, I don't know that when we get back to school, you know, everybody varying times, that we should have these major crazy events. And I think in multi-site, um, for most of us, that's what we dream of. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, this is great. It's back to school. Let's do it. But you made a, a different statement a different direction i i I turned it i turned it real quickly there uh and like i said with us doing these episodes which we're thinking three months ahead the last one we dropped last month leveraging summer to launch into the school year uh thinking in may about what you're going to be doing in august i said that, that 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 very statement i don't think that we need to spend as much energy adding the quote unquote hoopla into that mm. kickoff day. Yeah. You don't need bubble soccer and karaoke and free smoothies and all that stuff. Like that's not that those things are are bad and maybe there's a place for them, but there's a I would only add them after all of your energy and effort has been spent in things that are more strategic and sustainable. Okay, so Absolutely. that's that's getting more into the why. That's yes. what I want to hear right now. Yeah. So, and it's that very thing is that those things are good and they're great, and we've done those those very things. However, those things do not have a shelf life past that night. And someone argue, well, yeah, but they have a great experience, students have a great experience absent of bubble soccer. You can get middle school students excited about just about anything. You get them excited about carpet, right? You mean, we're going to play a game called Carpet Slide and they will have a blast with it. And you're not spending $700 to have bubble soccer come in. Right. And by the way, I love bubble soccer. I really feel we're using that as an example. I just want to make <laughs> sure everyone knows I'm not anti-bubble soccer. Uh, or high school students. Like, I feel like we try so hard to not try so hard so that they'll think it's cool and they'll want to come to it. Okay, so so real quick, I'm going to pull back the curtain on that because Please do. here's what here's what I think I've seen in our experience and maybe even within our multi-site context may be different. Keep in mind, everybody listening to the podcast, that Joe is at a very large campus, our largest campus. He's got um, a healthy uh, budget and resources. So events like this, he can totally pull off. It's not a question of that. Um, Kim, from the central standpoint here, I want to ask the question is, um, Joe's programming week in and week out is stellar. And honestly, I, I'll i say that all of our campuses, I feel like, are. They do a great job. Within that, though, what if, Joe slash Kim, um, what if people, their programming week to week isn't as good in that kickoff that they should be thinking about right now needs that? What What do you think about that? You. Just to clarify, you're saying if their programming week to week is not solid or isn't flushed out well or isn't something that already attracts students, um, what should they be thinking about come this fall? Exactly, because yeah. Joe Joe's knocking it out of the park every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Sunday morning. Yep. So because of that, he doesn't necessarily need the hype. But is there a place for the hype if that's maybe not true at all of your campuses? I would also question that, though, if you put the hype on the first night and then you pull it away after that, what's left? Yeah. What Invite is that foundation? It's going to be awesome because that's right? what we do, right? Yeah. Especially in this plan, we're like, we got to get something, Joe, you mentioned it, that students are going to come to. Well, what about the other 48? What's the core of your nights? ministry? What are you going after? 
Like, yeah. what are you building off of? And how, what do you use? To, how do you define excellence? Absolutely. You know, I I don't I, I get the idea of 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 hype uh, to a to a degree. Like, I get it, and then we they want students to be excited about certain things. I just think we have to be honest about. Mm. Um, what it is that they get excited about to what we get excited about, yeah. uh, to what it is that a majority of them would get excited about. Uh, and we also can't use it to cover up the real issues. Yeah, hand. that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, like if there's uh, something already broken, uh, don't don't use an inflatable to cover it up. Okay, so so, yes. so forward thinking three months. Yeah, that may be a great question that people should be asking right now: is what is broken? In your context. In your context yeah. that you may be trying to cover up with the wow. Well, and that's really the importance of evaluating. We did a whole episode, I think like episode 18. Uh, man, if I got that right, high five to me. Yeah. Would you like um, me to check? Well, you we, can check. Yes. Well, you can fact check me. But just evaluate everything. You have to stop so and look and see what is working, what's broken, what needs to be fixed. And, and I think one of the good, one of the best exercises to do is this, remove everything. Mm. Start from scratch. Did I get it right? You are correct. Wow, wow. episode 18. Episode 18, January 29th. Wow, look at where we've come from. Uh, but start from scratch. Remove everything mm-hmm. and say, what would we do if we could? And, and, and I know, well, we have to do this, but they, people would be mad if we did this. Our, my direct report would be upset if we did this. Central, the main campus says we have to. Do, I, I, get, I get that reality, but just for this exercise, remove everything, start from blank. And, and even within that, when I've led other guys through this exercise, it's what's your, what's your philosophy for ministry? Mm-hmm. What's your mission statement? You're, just personally, I've hired John as a solo person at a church. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? And contextualize it, obviously, to the church that you're you're at. I make when I do it with our team. I'm like, you're no longer at uh, Woodside Bible Church. You're at Romeo Bible Church. It's the same context, it's the same people, but you're just a freestanding person. You can kind of choose. The reason why I do that is it allows us to kind of then see why you do the, what you do and what you would do if you felt quote unquote man. The second time I've done that, uh, freed up. To do to do ministry, mm. uh, and, and I think the biggest thing in that evaluation, as you're asking yourself the question of what are we doing, uh, what needs to be fixed, what's broken, what are the felt needs of those you're trying to minister to, what are the felt needs of the middle school and high school students, Gen Z in your community? I think that we could say that there's some broad-based ones that, regardless of our culture and context of those who are listening to, that apply from suicide, depression, anxiety, identity issues, social media, and so on. Now, they might live a little bit differently in those cultures and contexts, but what are the felt needs of your, your people and then their families, yeah. and how are you best equipping leaders and how are you best programming to meet those felt needs? That's really good, Joe, because once you figure that out, you are able to build everything around that or see what needs to take shape or take form going into the fall and start ministering to those needs, shape the sermon or message series off them, um, and really cast the vision then for leaders when you bring them together as you head into the fall and start training them. Yeah, it, it. I was the pithy statement I, I like to use. It's it's knowing the why because the why drives the what. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I think that 
you know, either way, what your church is doing multi-site wise, whether it is the big event or not, um, the theory that we're moving into right now is the big event isn't what we're going after, what we've learned, the the hype, the wow for that first thing. But that also means that there has to be something after that. So Joe Kim, what are you guys thinking about after if it's not that big hype event? And how does that look? Like what are what's next then? Yeah. So I would say for some churches, we do a fall retreat, right? Or something come fall or September, October, um, you know, capitalizing on the small groups, on the relationships that have been built and putting a lot of effort and time and planning and resourcing that. But also taking the energy that you have and capitalizing on things that already exist within the community, outside of the church, or even inside the church. Uh, You know, I think down south, like football games are huge. Um, So what are churches doing to really... uh, go after students in that context or capitalize on that. Um, You know, Joe's done a lot with school ambassadors, so really getting inside the schools. And off of that have come a lot of great relationships within the school districts that have been able to really be leveraged so that, hey, you know, teachers need to be encouraged. You've been able to go in and really provide dinner for them on parent-teacher conferences, um, you know, in between. Uh, You've been able to, students, a lot of it's student-led, which is really sweet, have been able to go give gifts to teachers all around the schools. Um, So there's a lot of other things that can be, you know, in the framework of thinking, putting all your energy to, to create hype, but where already hype is probably, I would say, created or already at within the student's schedule. Yeah, where it already exists at. I like to look for things that already are creating or have natural energy. What the typical predictable rhythm is. Yeah, and so what Kim said, and EJ, we chatted about this a little bit earlier, is that, you know, teachers are always getting ready to go back to school in in August, in September, right? And within that, there's uh, already an energy about it, right? They're back, summer vacation's ending. There might even be some tension for some of them because policies have changed or other things have changed or administration is change. They've got training they've got to do. They're getting their classroom ready, you know, and within it, there's also a financial reality where, oh, you know, they only have this much money to buy things for their classroom. And a lot of teachers out there are already buying things for their own classroom. And so, okay, like that's, there's some energy there. And as you're looking at that reality that happens every August, there's some felt needs that arise. Yeah. Okay. Teachers have a lot going on. They have a lot that they have to do. They have a lot they have to prepare for, and they are financially strapped. And what's a way that we can help with that? Maybe we just buy Kleenexes for every yeah. every teacher, and that's the little care package. Like, like, oh, what would I give them? Maybe you print out a little card that just says you're the highlight of our day, and give them a highlighter okay. and a little thank you. Give well them done. a Kleenex. Give them give them some pencils that they can yeah. use in their their um their classroom and so like every time a kid asks for a pencil man we gave them a dozen pencils and that's something that's like if you're thinking about now you can get up on that third party shady website like an alibaba or whatever and start buying 1500 custom pencils for like less than a penny Mm -hmm. and be ready to do it and you're like man budget wise i don't have a ton of money for that 
multi-site wise, can you leverage 50 bucks from a couple of your campuses to do it? Or is that something that's worth going to a campus pastor and saying, hey, we really want to do this and it's just a way to encourage and, you know, create engagement with our community this year? Um, Is there a way, can you help offset this cost? I've I've generally found out if there's a will, there's a way way, and there's wages to help (laughs) that Mm. make make that happen. I love these episodes because it allows us to be more proactive in ministry than reactive. Yeah. Um, and so thinking through even just what you mentioned about the budget, um, there's many other things that I would encourage you to start thinking through at this point in time as you're looking towards the fall. Um, you know, I think we'll talk more about it, but leaders training. Yeah. What does that look like in your context? What has it looked like? What needs to be changed? Uh, small groups, if that is a model that you use in your context. Uh, Check-in, security, and safety it is so key and important. Um, do you even have someone present on your ministry night uh, for safety and security just to better establish a safe place for students to come? Um, and Kim, even, we, you know, we have, we have um, departments here at our church because of, again, the size that a Woodside is that are going through those things, but simple things like tornado drills, fire drills, yes. active shooter. You know, are the what doors do we do? locked at a certain yeah. time? What are we doing? And even yeah. if it's not with all your your students, like, hey, we're taking you out for a fire drill because you know your students are so transient within your ministry. But do your leaders know what's going on? Yes. Um, yeah. Communication. And what Kim said, Kim, what you said is huge. Is that what you're thinking about this now? When this episode drops in June, is going to help you prepare for September because as many of you guys are hearing this, I know you're in the thick of summer ministry or summer camp. Uh, Maybe you're listening late night as you're doing some last minute prep for summer camp or getting ready to go on that mission trip. Or they don't have anything going on this summer. Yeah, exactly. You're taking it off. So what are you doing now so that come August, you're not trying to do a thousand things. There's naturally going to be things that are happening in August that you already know that you have to do to get ready for the school year. How are you more intentionally and strategically thinking about that? And like your point, budget-wise, and my point, kickoff. Yeah, yeah. I would spend more money on 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 pencils uh, than I would on prizes for Got kickoff. It. Okay. I had to find that alliteration, and I found it. That was good. I saw <laughs> your wheels spinning <laughs> as I was, I was looking real into quick. your, you know, but and- I was, because when we did that for teachers in one of our schools in August last year, is later on that year. Uh, when I they love had, this story, by the way. Yeah. Late on that year, you know, it's that good. vice principal wanted to do something again to encourage their teachers. First people he calls was us. He not even called us. He actually called one of our students down to their office who helped in giving out all that stuff to teachers in August and said, hey, would Woodside be willing to, to help, help us out with this? I love that that principal knew that we were a place that they could come to that wanted to help their teacher. We wanted to partner with them, that they knew that they were cared for and valued here. So like, again, that's sustainable. That's strategic. That has opened up other doorways and opportunities to be able to, you know, have a partnership with them to do ministry in some sense, because they know that we're not in it just for ourselves. We're in it for them. Yeah, that's great. We're not just trying to push propaganda. We're just pushing pencils and and trying to to partner with them the best that we can. So I think that that that's where the investments at. Mm-hmm. Bubble soccer prizes really only going to live on that kickoff night. Those pencils 
provide an impact throughout the entire year. That's awesome. You know, um, I think that's a huge win. What other wins would you guys say as you're setting and looking forward are wins that, um, or how do you think about setting up some wins for back to back to school? What is it that you are driving either your campus staff, Joe, or the central team, Kim, to say, hey, guys, these are the things I want to be thinking about. How are you generating those ideas or what those wins are? Yeah, I think a big thing is going back to that evaluation piece of being able to identify what the felt needs are and then from there driving it out. And again, I think that universally we could all see that there are some some felt needs or some areas that we want to pay more attention to or should pay more attention to. Uh, and I think that end of like having a predictable presence in school uh, and equipping and empowering students to do so because that's always going to be the key on-ramp to it uh, is is empowering our students to, to do that. Um, and I think for me, so I think schools and I think leaders, I think those are two areas that have greater long-term sustainability to both what you're doing outside of the walls and inside the walls. Okay. Uh, so I think being able to identify what your strategy is and how you need to begin to implement that for how you're empowering students to, you know, to make an impact in their schools and how that, you know, because that builds, that builds into things that, you know, what has natural energy uh, within the world of Christendom? See you at the poll. Yep. What has natural energy within the life of a high school student uh, and even a middle school student? Friday night football games. I mean, because those are four high school students and they're going there, but there's always those, you know, group of middle school students that's oh, hanging yeah. out over by the concession stand, <laughs> so thinking right. that it's the coolest thing in the world that they're there in a Friday night, right? It's, ton of energy. For us, it's 18 degrees and they're wearing a, a t-shirt and they have so much makeup and gel in their hair that's not even funny. <laughs> Girls and guys. That's right. Uh, it's a world we live in. And But those are those are opportunities that already have a ton of energy at them, if you've invested in your students to be thinking missionally, strategically, intentionally, and you've built a, a bridge with administration and how, like, how can you do a fifth quarter? I love guys who do fifth quarters at schools right after a football game or, or, or right out. Like, that's a natural energy thing to build into. And a lot of times like, yeah, but I got my Sunday night program. I got this, I got this, I got this. And you as a leader may have those other responsibilities as the staff person. And so that's not going to be able to be give all your full attention to. Then how are you equipping and empowering and encouraging your small group leaders to be able to lead or other leaders to be able to help lead those things out so that the uh, more ministry can, can happen strategically and intentionally throughout yeah. that, that September and fall time period. So, and I've heard you, you know, mention two big things, one schools and then two leaders and um, from the multi-site aspect, I think one of the things we have to be thinking about in, you know, now for three months is leader recruitment. We have to be thinking about, um, you know, then once we've recruited them, how are we then implementing them and training what is that them? process, yeah. And we've done so many different venues of that. Can you guys talk a little bit about what's worked for us, maybe on, on the central and on the campus level? Kim, you could probably tag team both of those. Yeah, so I think you definitely first want to define the process of how you recruit a leader. And then from there, what does that process as they become a leader look like? Uh, this is something that I think continually has to be redefined as different 
uh, pieces of ministry happen, but also as Woodside holistically or as your church holistically continues to shift because of, you know, you want to set a high standard, I would say, for a leader coming in. Yeah. You want them to fill out an application. Um, you know, here at Woodside, and I know many other churches have a program that they must go through for the protection of themselves and also students. We call it Child Protection Program. Um, I know each church probably has a different name for it, but it's a background check. It's filling out an application um, that specifically goes to a department within our church where they do a review of that person before they start working with students or kids. Uh, that is so important, especially within our world today, uh, just to provide a safe and loving and caring space for students to come, and it protects the leader and even staff as we work with students. Um, allowing the space to get to know the person and hear their heart and their passion for student ministry, um, for students where they want to serve, um, and then shadowing and making sure it is a best fit for them um, mm -hmm. is, I would say, that process and it, it can be tweaked and um, shifted within your context, but then providing the great training that they need prior to the school year and throughout. And I know you, you were about to hit into to some of that training stuff, but what Kim just shared, I think is so key. And I think EJ, you'd agree with this is that don't undersell the, the, what you're asking. A hundred percent. Don't, you, don't make it say, Oh, well, you know, it's just, it's just a couple of times a year. Always and ask more of them. Yeah, I, I remember, and I get the, the reason why maybe we don't at times because we don't, like, we get people are busy and we need help and we just want to take it where we can and everything. I remember sitting across from a small group leader uh, one of my, after one of my first years of leading high school here, and he just told me, he's like, Joe, honestly, you need to challenge us more. Mm. And I was being more invitational because I was like, I don't... I was getting my bearings and I didn't want to feel like I was being too overburdensome right. and all that stuff. But, like, if you... If you make it minimal and that's how you pitch it, that's what you're going to get in return. And don't you find that in maybe this is stepping out, but I feel like every time I challenge people to do more, if they don't want to do more, they'll certainly tell me. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. They will come that, up and be like, I don't exit. have the bandwidth. Yeah. Or they'll leave. Yeah. yeah. Now, before they leave, I always want to, you know, I want to know why they're leaving, right? Absolutely. Because maybe I do need to reposition them. But most of the time when I ask people to do more in whatever setting it is, they're able to do it or at least shift their mindset to it. And you know, when you do that, this is a total rant, sorry guys, but when you do that, they will naturally select with their group or with their selection of students what is now not most important. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. And I think through being high challenge along with being high invitational, you you know, you got to have like both and, right? Yes. But you can't encourage your leaders enough. What I've seen, Joe, especially with your leadership as well as other pastors and directors from across the campuses, is you create you end up creating a culture within your leaders. And it is a sustainable culture where they want to and desire to come back year after year because of what you have built with them. Um, they feel like they have a place to belong. They feel like they have ownership. And with that, they they feel the need to be there and because be you've given them responsibility. And what I've come to find is that it begins to attract those types of leaders. Absolutely. And that those leaders become then the evangelist of what it looks like to serve in that ministry. And then like when they're recruiting their their friends 
or other people to, to come and serve, they already have an understanding of the expectation. I think that kind of goes back to what you both were sharing that ended like high challenge, but we're going to be high challenge and make that calling high because it is a very high calling. We may need to define that guys, high challenge versus high invitation real quick. Yeah, so um, there's like what I, I can do it real quick. Yeah, so, the quadrant, so, yeah, yeah. The, the whole bunch of different quadrants. But Jesus challenged and invited people in two different ways. Um, invitational, come and follow me. Mm-hmm. I do this like where my arms are like swinging in towards myself, like hey, come follow me. Like mm-hmm. high invitation. It's this a is good great. air hug, right? Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that's good description. And then high um, challenge is like repent. The time is now. Right, um, very like off the chart. No, this is what you have to do right now. And uh, yeah, just a little caveat. Go back. Yeah, that's it. good. I'm but, glad you brought that up. But yeah, because yeah, we're using that vernacular, and people might not right. realize that's what, what we mean by yeah. it. Yeah, that's that's some in-house lingo there. Steal it. <laughs> we did. Uh, yeah, we did. But I think one of the reasons how you to go back to to that end, like if you're going to have that high challenge, you all need to. If you're listening, do not undersell what you're asking your leaders to do. It's so very important. But if it's that important and that's the vision you're casting for how important it is, then your training and your encouragement to them, not just in this the school, not just in the launch period, but out the school year, need to match the challenge that you're setting up in front of them. They Absolutely. need to know that they're not alone. That you need to know that you're with them and that you're setting them up for success all throughout uh, the the year. And so I think that's where it goes big into the second part of what you're about to answer there of like, what do we do for training? How do we how do we do that? How do we adequately and more so than adequate? equip and prepare them for what's ahead. Yeah. And from a multi-site perspective, um, you know, over the past few years, what we've done is brought all the small group leaders together from all our campuses in August um, prior to the school year to gather them. We cast vision. We train them. You know, last year um, we started um, bringing in experts from our community to train on different or specific or hot topics within our student community. So we had someone come in and talk about suicide and depression last year. And it was very enlightening for our small group leaders uh, to hear from someone who is an expert who deals with this day in and day out. Because I think oftentimes when it comes to some of those hot topics, um, we get nervous about how to approach them or how to talk about them. So when we have those tools in our toolbox to actually uh, go in and grab when we have conversations with students, it it allows more confidence going into that. And so we also then have our security and safety uh, director come in and just, you know, quick and fresh reminders, but gathering everybody from the campuses has worked for us over the past couple of years. And so with the mindset of that and with evaluation, um, over the last year as a team, um, because, sorry, let me, let me, uh, shift back real quick. Once we do that all campus wise, Every campus is then um, also asked, and it's mandatory for them to have a campus-specific meeting with their leaders. So if you think about the multi-site leaders training meeting, that is more vision, more broad training for students or working with students, right? Um, Where the campus-specific meeting is going to be more uh, campus-specific events or, uh, you know, schedule, here's your small groups, um, and 
asks there. So you have the ones more informative, ones more vision casting and training. Um, So those were the two that we've been working with and running with over the past couple of years. Over this past year in evaluation, uh, we found that not only because of the longevity of our leaders at majority of our campuses, um, but also just once you kind of create a quality type leaders training, you know, there's you want to kind of stick to some of that framework. But we don't we felt the need that not every small group leader needed to be there every year. Hmm. I think it's important to have some of your veteran leaders there to help facilitate and speak into a lot of those areas. But they are not going to need the training necessarily every year. So we're shifting more towards. All right. This is for new leaders. And we are going to best cast the vision and training for them, but bring in some of those veteran leaders into that and still provide that campus-specific meeting for our leaders um, so that they are set up to do ministry within their context. Wow, that's good. I um, I feel like this has been a fire hose um, episode. Um, within it, though, I think there's so much that we can be be thinking of. And I just want to, um, real quick, as we wrap up um, this one, just give you guys a few questions of things that we think maybe should just spark some interest in your um, your planning, your processing right now that you should mm-hmm. be asking. Um, you know, things like leaders. Um, what are your leaders' training looks like? Are you set up for small groups? How are you going to be spending your budget? Are you resetting spaces um, where students are meeting? Is there something new within, you know, things are happening? Are there updates? You want things different, but consistent. Kim, you always talk about that. Different, but consistent. And if you're a guy listening to that um, right now, like I think that's as as quality of an answer for um, our ladies in our ministries as much as it is our guys. But guys, I don't know, always know that we look at that perspective, um, check-in, security, liability. What is liability um, or what are liabilities? What are your sermon plannings um, look like? And Joe, one of the things you literally step up to the plate every year with, and I've seen it even more right now, is what are the felt needs of our students? Mm-hmm. If you're not evaluating at this point right now, literally, you guys, look, the hair standing up Ooh. on my arms. Um, <laughs> and Joe, I I love this, um, how you're leading this out is what are the felt needs of our students? And frankly, I would say um, at a later point, we need to record an episode just talking through that and how we're evaluating that and what we're looking on. But um, for today, that's that's a great episode. I hope that you guys took something away. Please yeah. give us some feedback. Yeah. Um, uh, just a little uh, a shout out too. We have these brand new multi-multi stickers. Ooh, um, Trevor, our tech guy, is going to plaster them all over his computer because he <laughs> loves us that much and he makes us sound wonderful every week, but we seriously count it a huge privilege and honor. I know Joe, Kim, myself, and Trevor all do to be speaking in some way, shape, or form into your life, and um, we're just thankful for that. Yeah, I, I, I think to bring this full circle to how we started, Come on. and what I said at the beginning is that it's not a bad thing to have bubble soccer or prizes or any free smoothies or that at your kickoff. If those are the additional things that you add on after you've done all that other stuff. 
if your leaders have been set up for success, if you've been thinking strategically about the felt needs for your community, have you equipped and empowered students to have a predictable presence for Christ in their school, and on down the line, then book Bubble Soccer. Do it. Give away a year of Spotify. Which is great prize oh it's one of the best prizes out there folks and now they get hulu free with it too yeah just give give away a year of spotify or six months of it but yes you can do those things but those things should be secondary not priority to everything else that's going to have far greater sustainability to ministry this upcoming school year so ej man we love you guys God loves you more. We're thankful. Would you please take a moment and um, and like, rate the podcast? Yes. We love five stars with that. And hey, would you, um, instead of paying um, for something for us, would you just pay it forward? And would you send this to somebody else in the multi-site world? Um, we're not asking for you. We don't get paid to do this, but we would love for you to equip someone else as we um, spend some time equipping you and learning alongside of you. We love you. God loves you more. Bye. See ya.